Welcome to the Grace Baptist Sermon Podcast. Pastor Andy Oliver is our Bible teacher and expositor. Today's message is in Nehemiah 4, Always Ready. Please take your Bibles and turn to Nehemiah chapter 4. When discouragement sets in, the enemy is likely to win the battle. Now last week we we looked at the tactics of the enemy. We saw ridicule, we saw threats of violence, and this caused a great deal of discouragement among the people. The task at hand, the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, seemed hopeless. And Nehemiah needed to overcome these obstacles. Now how could that be done? The ridicule could be overcome by the, by the obvious. Let the wall be built. And there, you know, they can't, there's no argument against it. It was done and it, and it did what it was supposed to do. And there'd be cause for celebration and something to praise God for, some tangible thing. The threats were, were another matter and they would be an ongoing problem. When right confronts wrong, It is imperative to be well-armed. And I'm not necessarily talking about swords and spears and so on, although that will be the case here. When truth meets error, we need to be well-equipped with a knowledge of the Word of God and prayerfully confront and refute the error. If you don't do that, then error will, will gain a foothold and it becomes increasingly difficult to remove. The longer it's there, the harder it is to, to get rid of, in part because we get used to it. Now, in the days of the Mosaic Covenant, in the Old Testament, as you read through your Old Testament, God had made some promises to Israel that are not necessarily promises for us. But God made promises to to Israel. God promised that they would be defended by the Lord if they walked in obedience. If you do what you're supposed to do, then you will be victorious in battle, that you will gain victory over your enemies. And if you don't, if you sin, if you uh, uh, go after false idols and so on, then God will turn you over and you will be in subjection to your enemies. And so God did that in the Old Testament. We see This is why you see this over and over again, this roller coaster effect in the book of Judges and in the books of Kings. They were promised victory if they trusted the Lord and were faithful to the covenant that God made with them at Sinai. But the problem is that most of the time they weren't. Now, as we saw last time in our study of Nehemiah, the the first response to the enemy because of the threats and so on was one of prayer. Now, so often we we relegate prayer to the last thing. It's, oh, oh, I'll finally turn to God. I'll finally pray when 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 I've exhausted all the other options. And Nehemiah did that first. He prayed first. The threat of violence was responded to by prayer. Let's look in verse uh, verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them by day and by night because of them. Now, we're going to come back to that. But the first thing he did was to pray. But Nehemiah also was not going to be presumptuous. Make sure that we, we do what we can. This is not in place of prayer, but in addition to He would do all he could in his power, trusting God to give the enablement and to handle the outcome. The obstacles of fear and violence or threat of violence had to be overcome if the wall was to be completed, if they were going to fulfill the task that God had called them to do. After praying, Nehemiah encouraged the people. He organized the defense and the people needed to be ready always. And this is true for us today. This is our application for today. We need to be ready always to work 
and to fight. And by fight, I don't mean with, with this or this or this or whatever the case may be. We, we, it's not the idea of weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, it says there in Ephesians chapter 6. But we are dealing with, with ideas and issues of the heart. In verse 13 of Nehemiah chapter 4, he says, Therefore I, I sat I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places... I even uh, set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Now remember, we saw last time that the wall is under construction. It's between a mile and a half and two and a half miles in, uh, in the circuit. It's not a, it's not a circle, but in, as far as the, the length of the wall is between a mile and a half and two and a half miles. And uh, the walls are half built at this time. There had been no walls for a long, long time. What was left was a bunch of rubble. And when you burn limestone, it crumbles. And so they had to haul out all the old stuff and bring in new material to rebuild this wall. They were building the wall not uh, in section of time working their way around the circle, but they had people all around the thing building the whole thing up as a unit. And, of course, it's uneven because you have more people working on this section, fewer people working on this, so it's uneven. And he has the, uh, the people are working in family units from various villages, from different families and so on. They're working together in different units. And they are presently defending the vulnerable places behind the walls. And they are now within the city. Uh, even the unfinished walls, remember, it's about, about, uh, about waist high to, to shoulder height. It's going to provide some protection. Now understand, what we're dealing with is a threat he isn't looking out uh, from the, Jerusalem is on a hill, and he's not looking out and seeing uh, an invading army. But he has been told by a bunch of different sources that the people to the north, the people to the east, the people to the south, and the people to the west, enemies on all sides, are seeking to come in and, in some sort of military fashion, put a stop to the construction of the walls. And so taking no chances, he, he arms the, the people that are there, and uh, has them in the lower spots behind the wall. The places that uh, needed the greatest defense, the places where the, the wall could be climbed over very easily or even jumped over, the, people, the places where it would be the hardest to secure, perhaps the, the, the places where there were the fewest workers, the fewest people to defend it, those are the places he's going to reinforce. And he's also going to make the defenses conspicuous. Remember, he is not looking for a fight. He's trying to avoid a fight. And so he makes sure that the, uh, the enemy that probably has his scouts, that has his uh, uh, observers uh, hiding out there in the hills and so on, watching what's going on, because they know what's going on in Jerusalem, as well as Nehemiah getting information of what's going on by his enemies. They have them on top of the walls. He has the, uh, the defenders there in very conspicuous places. They have a good vantage point as far as seeing any possible invaders. But also, it's in plain sight of the enemy. And again, he is trying to dissuade the enemy. He's trying to, to prevent this uh, from becoming an open conflict. Letting the enemy know that the, the watchmen and the defenders are in place. He is displaying a little bit of boldness. He is taking the initiative. He's not waiting for the, the enemy to show up. Now, I will tell you this. In a church setting... It is important that we are always ready. Title of our message, we are always ready. The scripture says that we need to always be ready to give an answer to those who would ask us concerning the faith. Do I know why I believe what I believe? Do I, do I know the scripture? Am I, am I grounded well enough 
that I can answer people's questions? Can I deal with uh, with people that, that come up and, and say, well, what about this? Or, or what's the answer to this? Or, or whatever the case may be. Few and far between do you get somebody that comes up and says, excuse me, could you tell me how to get to heaven? And to be able to share the gospel. Now that, I'll tell you that that has happened to me a few times. But uh, we need to be ready to give an answer. Not just in the gospel, but also in defense of the faith. Nehemiah is arming families. Partly this is for organization because the people were building the sections of the wall that was, some of them were there in Jerusalem, building the sections of the wall that were closest to their homes. They were already working together on the wall. And uh, also in part, this is for motivation. They are defending hearth and home. I must protect my family. And he includes everyone. You know, so often we expect, uh, oh, I'm going to let somebody else do that. They're better at this than I am. And there are certain things that we as believers all need to participate in. Now, I want you to keep your finger here. And I, we're going we're to do a quick reminder here. Let's go to, go to uh, Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, we have uh, after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is giving final instructions to his disciples before he ascends. And he he gives them what is called the Great Commission. And it's recorded in a number of different places in the Gospels as well as the book of Acts. And he says in verse 19, very end of, of Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 28, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now, we have two different words for teach, by the way, in this passage. The first one is make disciples. Make disciples of all nations. You are to go out and you are to share the gospel story. You are to share the good news of redemption. You are to share the good news of salvation. That you can be certain your sins are forgiven. That you have a place reserved in heaven. And that you uh, are certain of, of becoming a ch- of being a child of God. You can have this now by receiving the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go out and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. By the way, no place, no place in your New Testament, no place in your Bible do you have baptism preceding faith. Baptism always follows faith in your Bible. And then in verse 20, he adds a different word, teaching. And that's the idea that we would have an understanding of as far as uh, uh, instruction, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So we are to go out, we are to evangelize, we are to go out and share this gospel. We are to baptize, and then we are to train people in the faith to know what we believe and why, and what we are to do, and so that this whole cycle will continue, that they become people who will also be sharing the gospel. And it goes on generation after generation after generation. That is a responsibility that all of us have in this era and this dispensation. In the time that they're building the wall here, everybody is involved. Everybody is involved in the construction. The women are involved. The children are involved. Everybody is doing everything they can. In this particular case, in the defenses, people that would not necessarily be considered warrior material, they can supply, they can help, they can, uh, uh, they can supply the arrows, they can do whatever is necessary, they can keep their eyes open, they can act as, as lookouts. And also, family members defending other family members. In verse 14, he says, And I looked and rose up, and said unto the nobles and to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them, remember the Lord. Which is, a, which is great and terrible, 
And fight for your brethren and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your houses. He says, don't be afraid. Fear, fear, folks, is the opposite of faith. If we are anxious, if we are worried, most of the time it's because we're not trusting the Lord. We are all, well, we've been terrified of this. We're scared of this. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. Our Lord is greater. He is, he is more powerful than anything we have to face. And also, fear paralyzes. Fear paralyzes. In this particular case, people finding out that the, uh, the enemy is going to be showing up with a force of arms, that we, regardless of the direction we look, east, west, north, or south, that we may be facing uh, uh, armed invasion from either direction or any direction, or maybe all at the same time. And people are terrified, and the work stops. And people focus on the perceived problems rather than on their, their purpose. Instead of accomplishing the task that God has called us to do, we get distracted by other things. And again, one of the reasons I am preaching on Nehemiah is because, folks, in our, the last, the last two years, the last two years, to me, my observation, I may, you may have a different perspective on this, but for me, the last two years have been two years of distraction. Going back to what we looked at in Matthew, that is the job of the church. Evangelize, build the church, train and teach people, and the whole cycle just keeps continuing. And we have been fixated on other things. We have been fixated on politics. We have been fixated on conspiracies. We have been fixated on the plague. We have been fixated on all these different things, distracted... From the task that God has called us to do. Because when we went back to Matthew chapter 28, it doesn't say do this thing as long as there aren't other problems in the way. Do these things as long as it's not an election year. Do these things as long as, as there's not a plague going through the land or around the world. Do these things as long as you're not distracted by other things. No, that is the, the most important thing. Our job is to fulfill the commission that God has called us to do, regardless of the circumstances. And so don't allow what's going on around you to distract you. They're trying to build the wall. The people had a mind to work. Nehemiah came. He planned. He scoped it out. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. He presented the job to the people and they said, let's do it. And they gathered the people together and they started the work. And it says the people had a mind to work. But there's distractions. People are afraid. And it paralyzes the work. And fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 20. You know, this is something that, uh, as, you, as you read this, and I know all of you just, just plow through Nehemiah, or Deuteronomy rather, it's your favorite book of the Bible. But as you read this thing, sometimes you're left scratching your head. Why? Why did God have this in the Word? Why is it there? This was what Israel was supposed to do before they went to battle. They've got their armies lined up. They've got all the people there. And it says in verse 8, And the officers shall speak further unto the people and shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go. And return to his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. Fear is contagious. If I'm fighting next to some guy, the battle actually starts going, and I'm fighting, and, the, and, there, and my, uh, my companion is over here, and all of a sudden he gets scared and bolts, that can create a panic, and you have a, you have a mass retreat. 
We don't want people like that. We want people who are willing to fight. We don't want people that go, I don't know about this. We want people that are willing to fight. Because if we're afraid, it gives us an excuse for quitting. Oh, I can't do this. And we'll look for any reason to get out of this if we're scared. If a bunch of people are willing to quit, it gives, a, uh, it gives an excuse for me to quit too. I mean, come on, how many of you on Facebook watch these videos of all sorts of people doing the stupidest stuff? All right, I'm looking at hands. My wife is the first one to put her hand up. All right, put your hands down. Don't be those people. So I would never do that. Remember when you were younger. I'm not picking on you guys. I'm really not. But remember when you were younger and you did stupid stuff and then you got older and you just thought about it and laughed at other people. But if somebody else does it, it gives us a greater excuse to do it ourselves. There is a herd mentality to do stupid stuff. That is, that, frankly, that is what, what governs so much of history. Is why on earth did they do that? Because there was enough people willing to do stupid stuff. Somebody says, oh, I guess I can do it too. And there's some measure of anonymity that I'm not responsible because everybody else was doing it too. And we as believers have a responsibility. And if nobody else is fulfilling the responsibility, that does not excuse me. I need to do what's right because it's right. I need to be obedient to my God because it's the right thing to do. I need to do right because it's right. And it's always right to do right. And fear also brings about discouragement and defeat. What's the use? It creates uncertainty. It creates hopelessness. It can't be done. The obstacles are just too great. We looked at this last week. What's going to happen next? I mean, this happened, this disaster, and, we, and they've, they're attacking us. The threat is from the east, and now we're hearing it's from the west. And what are we going to do? We're, we're sandwiched in here. And all these things take God out of the equation. We serve an omnipotent God. We serve an all-powerful God. If we were to go back to Nehemiah chapter 1 in the beginning of, of chapter 2, we have the bad news of what things are like there in Jerusalem. Yes, they rebuilt the temple. They did that 90 years before. Well, what have you got there? Well, we've got a few small huts and so on for the priests and some of the workers that are there. We have the temple, but there's no defenses. And Israel is surrounded by, by hostile enemies. And there are no defenses. There is no wall. There's no wall to protect the temple. There is no wall to protect the worshipers. We are at the mercy of our enemies, and they are indeed our enemies. They are hostile to what we're doing here. They hate our God. They hate everything we stand for. And so God provided the right man at the right time, in the right place, with a commission. He's got all the paperwork. He's got all the materials. He's got everything he needs, all the credentials necessary to get the job done. And he's still seemingly an insurmountable, but God has provided and understand that we are always going to face opposition whenever we try to do the right thing. If we are busy doing God's work, expect opposition. If you're not experiencing any opposition, then figure, I'm not, I must be doing something wrong. Because the devil is never satisfied when people are doing the right thing. And fear takes God out of the equation. But Nehemiah redirects and reminds the people, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, 
and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your houses. You will be victorious because remember the Lord. Verse 15. And it came to pass. So he does all these things. He's got the, he's given the folks the, the pep talk. They've had their big pep rally. He's got them armed. He's got the people posted all the way around the perimeter of this thing, which is half built. And again, there's spies on the other side. And it came to pass. When our enemies heard that it was known unto us, when their, when their plans, when their plotting, when their threat of invasion was known to us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned, all of us, to the wall, everyone to his work. Now, this doesn't mean we're going to see in just a moment that we abandoned our defenses. Now we've got both. C.H. Spurgeon, who pastored the Metropolitan Tabernacle over 100 years ago, it's still a great church in, in the metro London area in England, had a paper that was called The Sword and the Trowel. And it had to do with this, this very idea here. That we've got to have a weapon in one hand and a working tool in the other because we are having to face both of those things at all times. We can't uh, neglect one at the expense of the other. There needs to be both. And the same thing is true as far as our Christian lives are concerned. I mentioned earlier on, we've got to know why we believe what we believe. We have to be well instructed. We have to be able to engage. We have to be able to defend the faith. Yes, we want to evangelize. But in this day and age, especially in our country, people ask all kinds of loaded questions. I was talking to somebody this morning. I got somebody that they tried to share the gospel with, and they were always loaded, always loaded questions coming back at them. And we have to have some answers. Well, I don't... Folks... We can study all kinds of other things. You know your, your sports stats, and you know this, that, and the other thing. You know all the details about a lot of your favorite stuff. You can learn some Bible. You can learn some answers. And so the enemy plans were thwarted. The secret plan was, was made known. The Israelites knew what to look for. A surprise attack was no longer possible because they were on the lookout. And the, the thing was thwarted by God. God answered prayer. And God does that. One of the remarkable things about, about this church, and you look at this isn't a real bit. I'm telling you that this place is an answer to prayer over and over and over again. The very fact that this thing survived the first three months is an answer to prayer. Just remarkable things that God has done over the years. God answers prayer. And in this particular case, he's answering prayers to bring about the end result of the construction of the walls. All these different things need to be dealt with so that the city walls can be built. And so the work is resumed before they were distracted. Oh, I'm worried about invasion. Oh, I'm worried about the armies coming in. And we don't know where they're going to come from. And they all hate us and we're, and we're doomed. It's never going to happen. The work resumes. The focus is on the wall, the job at hand, their purpose. And the distraction is taken care of. The removal of fear and the strengthening of resolve. So what are they going to do from here on out? Verse 16. And it came to pass, from that time forth, that half of my servants wrought in the works, half the people are, are building the wall, and the other half of them held both the spears and the shields and the bows and the habergians. What's a habergian? It's a breastplate. It's kind of like a built-in shield. And the rulers were behind all the, the house of, of Judah. The people who were in charge were there helping with the people. They were dirtying their hands. They were helping build the wall. They were helping with the defenses, the, the leadership. The rulers were involved as well. They which builded on the wall and they which that bear the burdens, those 
with those that laid it, every one of them with his hands, wrought in the work, and with the up, other hand held a weapon. Can you imagine? You're, 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 you've got a hammer and chisel. You've got buckets. You're, you're, you're building this wall. And at the same time, I've, be, I've got a, a, uh, a bow wrapped around my shoulder and a quiver behind me, or I've got a, a sword in a sheath over here, or, or whatever. The, I've got I've to I've have a weapon at all times. The word weapon here, by the way, is very interesting. It's exceedingly generic. It doesn't focus on any particular thing. And the commentators are all over the place. But I think the most likely solution to this uh, is one that uh, everybody is overlooking. I think, well, I need a weapon. I need a weapon. Well, I need a, I need a spear, because that's mentioned. We need maybe uh, bows and arrows. Yeah, I can do that. Maybe a, maybe a sword. Uh, a sling. Sling isn't mentioned here, but maybe a sling. What else could I use? Uh, I need some kind of weapon. They are surrounded by weapons. What do you mean? Folks. Yeah, you got it. You knew it. You got it. Rocks. Rocks. I'm on a hill covered with rocks about the size of a baseball. Here come the bad guys. You know, if, if I am, if, I, if I've got a hundred guys with spears coming against a thousand guys with rocks, I think the guys with spears are going to be in bad shape. And so everybody is armed. They all got something. Some of them got the fancy stuff made out of steel or whatever. And there's other folks, they got rocks. But it's going to work. It's going to work because a bunch of people with rocks is pretty dangerous stuff. They've all got a weapon available right there at hand. And the builders, everyone, had his sword girded by his side and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. They have a plan in place. And Nehemiah had it all laid out in place. He says, uh, I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large. Again, we're dealing with a perimeter of, of up to two and a half miles. It's a, big, it's a big project. People are scattered around. And we are separated upon the wall one far from another. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us, for our God shall fight with us. Instead of just having a, a, a thin group of defenders, everybody's going to rally around where the, the guy with the trumpet is, and Nehemiah's going to make sure he's in the best place. And so you, instead of having a thin line of defenders, now you've got an army with the, the regular weapons as well as the rocks. And they're going to be able to deal with anybody who comes in. Plus, what he has done by doing this is Jerusalem, instead of being a large construction site, is also operating as a fortress. They're on the inside. They're defending. The walls are going up. The harder they work, the higher the walls go up, the better the defenses are. The more every day things improving. Every day the defenses are better. Every day the people are encouraged because they're seeing something. They are better defended. All the things are coming together. Look at verse 21. Here's the summary. So we labored in the work. And half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning until the stars appeared. Most, by the way, time of year, this is, this is probably August. And uh, at that latitude, that time of year, we're talking about 13 to 14 hour work days. We are working when you can see. Now, I was sharing with somebody earlier in the week. We, 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 don't, we are so used to this, we don't think about it. You see, you see these, these magic things here? 
It's, it's, it's remarkable. And, 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 and back there, there's a little thing on the wall, and you throw it up and down, and these things go off and on. It's incredible. Light, and, and even after, when it's dark outside, you can flip the end of light in here. It's amazing. And they've got these things all over the place. I don't understand. Okay. Understand, 200 years ago, when it got dark, it was dark. All right? We are so used to having, when it, people got up, why, why was it that old, old, old timers, you got up at daybreak, and then you worked until the sun went down, and then you had a bite to eat, and then you went to bed. Why was that? Because that was the only time you could work. And it needed to be done. And especially at this latitude, when winter comes, you don't have that kind of, you got an easy, vacation is in the wintertime when it's only daylight for like, you know, six hours around here. Making the most of it. Working as long as you possibly could. And in verse 22, it says, Likewise at the same time, as said I unto the people, let everyone with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard unto us and labor in the day. It wasn't just, uh, if you look at the list, that long list in, in uh, chapter 2, chapter 3, of who was building the wall. And these people were building the wall. There's a long list. And next to them was so-and-so. And next to them was so-and-so. And next to them was so-and-so. It doesn't just name them. It mentions a lot of towns that they had come from. And so we have a bunch of people that are 6, 7, 8, 25, 30 miles away that have converged on Jerusalem to work on this building project. And the folks that are local, the folks that are three, four miles away, that could theoretically walk home at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, it's getting, it's getting close to quitting time, and i got to walk home. No, no, no. You're not walking home. You're bringing your sleeping bag, you're pitching a tent over here, and you're staying here. Because that way you don't have to deal with the commute. And also, at night, you're one of the soldiers that's defending the city. So that when the sun rises, you're here to start working, and you can work until sunset. And then at night, you are also part of the, the defenses of the city. He says, don't let them go home. Everybody's going to lodge here in Jerusalem. Everybody's going to stay here in Jerusalem. They're not going to quit. More to stand guard, more to fight if necessary. This, be, this creates an army. All personnel are available. There were no exemptions. Always on call, always ready, 24-7 service. Do I get a break? No, I don't get a break. At least not while the wall is under construction. Look at verse 23. And this is in the first person. Nehemiah is not telling other people to do what he won't do. Now, remember, who is Nehemiah? Nehemiah is the governor appointed by the king of the Persian Empire to fulfill this job. He's the governor. He's the guy in charge of the whole province. He's a guy that, that uh, could be sitting in the cushy chair with, uh, with people with fans and, uh, and offering and dropping grapes into his mouth and doing all that. He could be doing that, but he's not. He's out there with everybody else. He is doing what he is expecting everybody else to do. He is dirtying his hands. He is keeping the hours. He is doing what he's expecting everybody else to do. When I was a when I was in seminary, I traveled with a, an outfit called Neighborhood Bible Time, and it was run by a, a fellow named Charles Holmesher. And Charles Holmesher, when I uh, when I was traveling, I think was seventy two years of age. And uh, 
there, are, there were 46 of us, all of us between the ages of 19 and 24 with this 72-year-old guy. He would get us up at 5 o'clock in the morning and make us do calisthenics. Yeah, I know, you're laughing because you're envisioning me do calisthenics. And then we would have quiet time. We would have quiet for, for an hour, and then we'd have breakfast. And then he would train us until noon, and then we'd take a, a lunch break. And then we'd have training for another hour and a half, and then he'd say, all right, guys, it's five time. What's five? Five means you get to take a nap. How long? Oh, I got up at five o'clock. I really want to take a nap. How long is nap time? Uh, if you were really lucky, 30 minutes. And then he'd wake you up. Some of the guys would just fall out of their chairs and sleep on the linoleum. And then we'd, do, we'd have training all afternoon. We'd have dinner. And then we would train until 11 o'clock at night, 11.30. I remember a night we went until 1.30 in the morning. All right, fellas, go to bed. Next day, 5 o'clock again. And we're all like, <laughs> you know, we're all dying. And this 72-year-old guy is standing there, straight as an arrow. He's all polished, looking at his watch, wondering why you guys aren't moving. And none of us could complain because the old guy was keeping worse hours than we were. Man, how is this old guy doing this? Nehemiah is the old guy. He is, he is holding fast. He is going to do it. So neither I, nor my brethren, the other people who were in charge, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us, I love this. This is how, how, how hard-working they were and how desperate they were to make the most of the time and get this job done. We didn't put off our clothes, saying that everyone put them off for washing. I am sleeping in my clothes. I'm not putting on my pajamas. I am not uh, changing after. I am, I am in my work clothes unless I'm, I'm taking a, a, a quick... Uh, it says going for water. That doesn't mean necessarily going to take my bath, my shower. I'm going to go get a drink. I'm going to go wash my hands. I'm going to do whatever. But this, these people, by the, by the end of this, you know, they've been working on this thing for about two months. The smell must have been amazing. But they were determined to get the job done. The work was hindered, but it continued. There were added responsibilities as there were added opposition now, instead of focusing only on the, the construction, now they had to add the defenses. I have to have lookouts. I've got to, not only am I carrying my, my, my shovel and my trowel and these other things, but now I'm, I'm encumbered by having to carry a weapon with me. Got the little kids gathering up rocks. I've got a pile of rocks to throw if necessary. There are always the, the stumbling blocks that come with adversaries. Obstacles hinder. And yet the work must continue. We can't allow distractions, some of them legitimate. We cannot allow distractions to stop us from doing what we're supposed to be doing. But, but there are no buts. We have to be doing what God has called us to do. I have to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have to be praying. I have to be faithfully being instructed, uh, be instructed in the word of God. I have to do these things. I can't quit. I know, but what about, there are no buts. It's a matter of priorities. Because a lot of the things that we, we are fretting about or, or, or have our eyes on are, are distractions and things, maybe things that we want to do. And we have to, to reprioritize. We need to keep the goal in mind. 
We need to keep the purpose in mind. Sometimes things we want to do, sometimes we think need to be done, are going to have to be set aside. I don't know if you're like me. I keep a running list in the back of my mind of all the stuff I've got to do at home. I will not live long enough to do all the things that need to be done around the house. I need to do this. I need to do this. Why, why is it that, that I have to clean the kitchen every day? There, there are these, these, these gnomes and elves that I don't, the, don't, the elves at my house don't clean up. They make messes during the night. I don't understand it. Why is, it just, it never goes away. The work is never completed. And I'm, I have learned, I'm in, Aaron, I am learning that some things, some things just have to be left undone. And the reason some of those things have to be left undone is because of priorities. There are certain things that I can't set aside. There are certain things that have to be done. And the commission that God has given us, he didn't give just to the preacher, he gave it to you. It is something that we have to do. And I don't care what things come up. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care about all that long list that's in the back of your mind or maybe even written down. You got it stuck on your refrigerator maybe. There, that does not mean that you set aside the God-given responsibilities that we have. Don't get distracted. Heavenly Father, thank you. We have a job. We have a job that's every bit as important, even more important than the job that was going on here in Nehemiah. Nehemiah was dealing with a temporal wall for a city that would eventually be destroyed. And you have given us a commission to share the gospel that gives people everlasting life. Something that will never, ever go away. And so, Father, may we not get distracted. We have a job to do. You have called us to that task. And, Father, may we not get distracted. Father, we deal with opposition of all sorts. We've looked at several of them the last couple of weeks. Father, may we not be fearful. May we not be distracted. But focus on the task that you have called us to do. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Baptist Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to know more about faith in Jesus Christ or more about our ministry, please visit www.gracebaptistpuallop.org. Until next time, may you walk worthy of the Lord.